I have a conspiracy theory. And yes, before you even ask, of course it's weather related. What else would it be about? What is more important to me in my little bird brain than weather? Longtime listeners know this. This is this is always the cold open of this podcast, okay? Is the fact that we must discuss and and you know what? Warranted, by the way. Because what is going on? Listen, I think I'm more upset now here at the last gasp of April than I was when, it, when we were in January and February. Because here's the thing, okay, when it comes to weather, is January, February miserable? Of course, sure, certainly. We know this. And we were, I don't want to say we're prepared here in Austin, Texas, because the uh, running theme of my little town is we are not. (laughs) But in March, in March, that's when we we turn a corner, right? Uh, It's like right when South by Southwest kicks in the first weekend, still always cold, a little foggy. Second weekend, hotter than you would expect. That is the time-honored tradition. And then from there on, we're here to, uh, we're, what's it called? We're, we're gone to the races, right? We're gone to the summer races. That nary a summer day can I find, okay? This morning I woke up to a dreary dare I say, cold adjacent day again. And then the sun just peaked out a little bit, but we're not, we're not going higher than 70. What can you do in this lukewarm, tepid weather? Nothing. And listen, the wildflowers, incredible stuff. Really, really incredible stuff. Beautiful season. Give me my goddamn son. I swear to God. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. My name is Deepa Shreeler, and I'm your host. And maybe you're asking to yourself, okay, pray tell what, who, who controls the weather. Feels like we're, we're getting into some tinfoil hat territory here. A little bit of cue for you. <laughs> no, no, I, uh. I do believe that nature, nature is playing the prank. I will be freaked out if if I start if I start hearing hearing news that the weather is also controlled by the cabal that controls everything else. Enough cue for you and me. I don't really believe those things. Let's talk about wine. All right, guys. Stay tuned. So let's talk wine. Um, Specifically one wine bottle that all around, all around five stars, I feel. You know, um, really, really enjoyable bottle. I have no gripes with said bottle. Now, here is my 
my sort of, um, I need to take out where I'm at personally and existentially, okay? Because I do feel like while I'm tasting, you know, these more effervescent German and Austrian wines, um, there's a part of me that wishes that my skin was on fire outside, <laughs> right? That I mean, that was the whole point of having uh, this this sort of, uh, I guess, like a, a group of podcasts that I'm doing while we're in this particular season, right? The seasonality uh, in Austin, Texas, begs for cold or chilled glasses of wine, typically. And I think when you don't have the correct sort of vision completed and you're having a sip of wine that you're like, God, if only I was like in a place that had about like 10 to 15 degrees more of heat, uh, then I could really see what I'm feeling about it. So that's not necessarily an issue I need to bring into this review, but I, I would like to maybe explain why I'm maybe like not as enthused about it because I'm just not as enthused with this fucking milk toast weather. This has mostly been a review on the weather and I don't know who to take it to. There is no manager for me to take this particular review. No one to help me with this particular problem. Interesting. I feel like I need to unpack this in therapy. And not on a podcast where I scream into my phone and then... Let many people hear these thoughts. That's neither here nor there. Let's get into it. Okay. So today we are talking about a, a very small company, which I love. Uh, the company is called Brand. And before we get into Brand, I don't know if the German way of saying it is Brand. I feel like you, that's how you should say it. Brand. Brand sounds better than brand, 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 brand. Anyways, uh, they are imported um, by also a small importer uh, named Vom Bowden. Vom Bowden, okay. Um, and essentially this uh, importer likes to, on their website, talk about how they are essentially champions of growers. Um, they're advocates for the growers and they're a small company that focuses on small growers and quote unquote, and it will stay that way, which is kind of awesome to put on a website, right? That like they're a small company, they're focusing on the small guys and like they, that's, that's the business that they're in. They're in the business of creating a space for small, cool wines to be imported. And their portfolio is centered around German 
um, and small estates in Austria, France, and the U.S. So they've, they've got like a pretty, pretty good like niche of like what they're looking for. And it looks like the founder, uh, you know, was a, a Riesling festival in New York City. He was a founder of a Riesling festival in New York City. And then he, um, he essentially has been a champion of this style of wine. So I feel like this, this, like I said, like I said in a past podcast, one of the best ways to figure out and discover cool wines is through distributors, importers, and people who have done that work for you. Finding those importers and distributors, um, that is that is an interesting question of how do you do that? And maybe, maybe that's something I got to kind of delve into too, because I've really only stumbled upon um, importers and distributors I really like through like liking one type of bottle and then sort of just like falling into more knowledge, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'm actually very interested to see in um, the wine industry how much, because I feel like one one part of like food media, food and beverage media, listen, I've got a lot of, a lot of grievances, but I think like one thing that there could be like more of a discussion on are the people that champion um, the styles of wines that are like in vogue right now and and why it's like such a cool movement, the natural wine movement in general for smaller guys and smaller, um, I'm using guys, by the way, like all all genders. That's That's not saying just just the men of the industry. Just thought I'd clarify on that note. Um, But yeah, I I feel like it would be really cool if there was a way to sort of figure out some key distributors and and ways that people can, can make sure to support the smaller, the smaller people in this, in this wide world of wine. So Let's talk about the bottle that I tried. So it was, uh, essentially it was just called Brand, Brand. Um, it was it was basically a, a red mix, right? It was just a, a, a blend of, of different things. Um, but it was, it was really delightful. Low, low ABV. We're talking about 10%. Um, so this is, this is very much, uh, you know, juicy and, and glow or glue, however you say it. This is, this is of that ilk, right? You're going to get wild and juicy berry flavors. You are tasting something that's pretty new. So, uh, on the website I'm reading, the wine was fermented in stainless steel, a la carbonic maceration. Remember guys, carbonic maceration, essentially, you are letting the uh, carbon dioxide and the sugars of the fruit sort of uh, dictate dictate the fermentation process, and you are essentially controlling it by by covering it in different ways. But you're just kind of letting you're letting um, grapes do do what they want to do. It's a controlled wild fermentation, essentially. Um, 
It was bottled early, but then it was settled in the bottle for about six months. So even though it was bottled early, it had a little bit more maturity within the bottle. Um, and it, and it does have a little bit of a sparkling finish, but this, this wine is not categorized as a sparkling wine. It is categorized as a, a still red, but it, I don't think that's, that's quite accurate either. I do think that this is, um, we're, we're talking about essentially something that is juicy, effervescent, um, and not quite still, not quite sparkling. It's a, it's an in-betweener. It's just like a, a, a sort of, yeah, we're, we're just sort of in between. That's, that's really <laughs> where we're at here with this bottle. And, uh, brand is, uh, essentially a small company as I've stated. And it's basically, um, two brothers, two brothers who are residing in a small German village and they, they have their estate there and they're, they're just doing kind of fun, exciting, sort of free flowing, um, artistic wine, essentially. Um, I'm excited to try a few more, few more things. Like I said, this, this wine was a, a true delight to have. It doesn't have um, any of the maybe astringentness stuff that you get from some certain uh, natural wine companies that I will that I'll not say their their actual name, but um, it tastes like something that is obviously a natural wine, but it doesn't have that sort of. Me- almost metallic newish flavor. You know what I mean? I I equate certain natural wines where I'm like, "Ugh, this is some tough stuff." Um when people who don't know maybe how to make a certain style of curry and you can taste you can taste the um curry like spices within the liquid. Y'all ever have that happen? Ooh. I there is there is a special place in hell for people who who don't let their curries simmer enough. Simmer that curry, okay? In the same style, this wine was simmered, quote unquote, perfectly. Like I said, this is this is a bottle that you're really gonna enjoy. But my my suggestion for this type of bottle, especially this type of juicy, effervescent, reddish reddish-esque wine, not only to chill it, but you want to be able to have it in the weather where as soon as you step out, you've got a little bit of sweat going. Because because this wine is a little bit in the in-between area, if that makes any sense, right? It's, it's red, but it's not quite red. It's um, still, but it's not quite still. It's more, it's maybe sparkling. It's maybe not. It's got a lot of these like interesting kind of sort of like um, in between sort of places when you drink this wine. To have it in weather that is just generally uh, 
milk toast. I, I feel like you can't really appreciate it for what it is, right? I mean, I, I think maybe that's why I talk about weather quite a bit on this podcast because I do feel like that needs to be the way we eat and drink. The way we eat and drink is all based on where the hell you are at, right? That's why I try not to talk too much about red wines in the summer. I try not to talk about, um, you know, very cold, juicy wines in the winter. We talk about red sauce season, right, on this podcast, uh, starting in the fall and, you know, sort of going up all the way to winter. That's red sauce season. That's when you want to be able to have something that's sturdy, red, and just sort of going to be like, listen, if the fireplace isn't working, this red's going to warm you up. That's the type of energy you want. It's the same thing, I think, when it comes to uh, wines in the spring and summer. I, I want to still feel alive. I want to feel excited by whatever is happening in the glass as much as what's happening on the plate. Like, I, I, I don't want to feel completely uh, like I'm in this in-between sort of world that feels like it's in black and white. Maybe I'm going too far off the deep end here. <laughs> Listen, uh, my, my incredible friend slash um, visual director of a lot of projects slash a website designer that's really reducing like all the things that this very special human does. Uh, but we were working on my website and uh, she was asking me, what is the tagline for Sick Palette? And I, I really didn't have anything for her. And she just wrote out, never not existential. And she, God, she nailed it. She nailed it. Never not existential. So does it pass the Tamron test, this particular bottle of wine? Yeah, I think it does. Absolutely. It has all of that juicy, sour... Um, sour notes that you can do something spicy and fun with. Once again, though, wait wait until it's about 85 at least. Please, I'm begging you. Chill that bottle. Like, come on, remember we used to have a metaphorical Yeti cooler last summer? Do y'all remember? Those were the good times. All right, I'm going to get off of this. Anyways, I love this wine. I will uh, link it up. And I, I do want to keep talking about uh, German and Austrian wines and, and get more into it. Um, wanted to go into a little bit of housekeeping right now before we end the podcast. Uh, first off, I, 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 you guys are unbelievable in the best possible way. So... Not only have subscriptions gone up for the Substack, a lot of kind notes, um, a lot of people trying out recipes. It's just, it's been feeling really great, uh, the kind of feedback I've been getting. So thank you guys so much for that. But I started a new um, monthly dinner series with my friends at The Training Kitchen. The Training Kitchen is an incredible nonprofit, a micro farm, a community kitchen. They wear a lot of hats with 
uh, the small amount of land that they've really cultivated and turned into something special. Anyways, I partnered with those amazing people for a monthly dinner series. Uh, May is completely sold out. So uh, it's the second week of every month. Uh, June is halfway sold out already. And uh, I can't... I can't wait. So we've got June and July dates open still. Uh, I will also link to that as well, but it should be a fun time. It's a rotating menu and it's BYOB. So um, I'm planning on making sure I give some wine pairing suggestions and notes before the dinners happen, but please join for some South Indian Texan fun. Uh, so that's going on. I've got a, a slew of pop-ups and events happening, uh, which is why the website is also happening. But I also, this, uh, I, I think maybe we're going to start it in June. But I want to take the podcast to to a place where I do always feel alive, guys. And that's fermenting tomatoes. And I think I want to do a whole series And you guys, sound off in emails, DMs, comments. Uh, You want to use the Substack notes, however you want to do it. uh, If that's something you'd be interested in. Um, As many of y'all know, my favorite season is tomato season, which is, despite the weather, right around the corner, y'all. Right around the corner. And that means we get to ferment tomatoes, and then we get to make pizza wave sauce, which essentially is a sauce that is part very hot sauce, part fermented tomato sauce. And I use it for literally everything. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, tomatoes via South India too, right? This is a new world fruit that become that became like incredibly important to India. I'd like to talk a little bit about that journey. I would like to talk about why I'm obsessed with tomatoes. Um, I'm about to do also some tomato-based pop-ups, so that's coming down the line as well. A lot happening, guys, a lot happening. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing and supporting in, in so many different ways. Um, it's, it's really been amazing. You guys, you guys make me feel alive, despite the weather. I'm going to go now. I think I've, if this was a drinking game, if I said weather, like, you know how like Andy Cohen does that on watch what happens live. He's like the secret word is, and then they'll say that name of a castmate or a Bravo celeb. And he'll be like, if you said it 14 times, don't drink and drive, but that's how many drinks you should have taken. Blah, blah, blah. If you were playing a very specific stupid uh drinking game the secret word would have been weather i'm gonna go now goodbye